Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to TCK Care, the podcast with me, your host, Stephen Black. And joining me on the show today are two guest speakers. One uh, who will be doing the majority of the talking is none other than Harmony from OMF. From OMF, yeah. Okay, yeah. And the other participant who will hopefully remain silent is my six-month-old Jethro, who's hanging out <laughs> in my baby carrier and uh, you may hear him hiccuping in the background, but he's a pretty he's a pretty quiet kid, so hopefully he won't have too much to say. Um, Harmony, we're really here to talk about you. So why, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Harmony? And we'll start with the famous TCK question, where are you from? Yeah, you know what? I don't mind that question so much anymore. Uh, I think it's because I've been in the U.S. for so long, but I was born in Thailand, uh, in Lopuri, which is central Thailand. Lived there until I was eight. Um, but now I've been living in Pennsylvania for the past 20 years. So when people ask that, I, I typically just say Pennsylvania. Sure. That's cool. And so how long were you in Thailand for? For about eight years. Well, I guess it's seven. One of those years was in Canada on home assignment. Um, so yeah, I guess technically seven. Okay. That's a good long run to be in, and to be, to be in any country. Yeah, we were just, uh, you know, off off camera, off camera, off microphone. This is a podcast. That's right. Off microphone. We're just talking about humidity and the temperature in places like Thailand, Southeast Asia, the Philippines. And um, how about you, Harmony? Uh, My personal favorite is winter. But what's your favorite season? Oh, I. uh... You know, this is kind of a cheater's answer, but I like the the start of every season. You know, it because you're so sick of the last season yeah, that it's you. like, oh, it's winter, it's beautiful, and then I get sick of winter, and mm-hmm. then suddenly it's spring. It's like, mm-hmm. yes, I love spring; it's my favorite. Um, yeah. But recently, I well, about five years ago, I spent a year in Thailand, and when I was in Thailand, I really missed fall because mm. that was that was more of a unique mm-hmm. season compared mm-hmm. to yeah other seasons i guess there's a lot to love about fall like you know mm. pumpkins and fall leaves and um, bonfires grilling lots of good mm. stuff about fall yeah especially in pennsylvania like the colors are beautiful and uh, oh, like we're in that. amish county too so we get mm. a lot of great baked goods from the amish folks here that's yeah. awesome mm. okay tck uh tck story uh when we were about 11 we were visiting the states and we're driving down the interstate, and my my mom, because you brought up fall, my mom goes, "Oh, hey guys, the the leaves, the trees, they're turning." And I looked out the window, thinking this this must be a magical country, and asked question number one: In which direction are they turning? And right, question right. number two: Like, how do you know? Like, wouldn't the rotation be so slow because the roots are all stuck in the earth, and like they would be such a slow like. And like question number three, I guess, is why are the trees turning? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, 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 no. The leaves turn a different color and fall. And it's like, oh yeah, I guess I totally forgot about that thing. And I was How old were you? I was like eleven. Oh, that's fantastic. Those are intelligent questions to ask. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so Harmony, you said you've been back in the States for how long now? About twenty years. About twenty years. Okay. What do you what do you think of the states now that you've been back for twenty years? Yeah, you know what I think. Um, I, I I love being in the states, and I like I said, I consider it my home right now because it's uh, the place where I 
currently feel more comfortable. Um, yeah. But also, I don't think I, I really fully accepted my American identity and actually like accepted that I like America because um, it's kind of unpopular in the TCK field to, <laughs> to like America. <laughs> um, but I, I kind of fully embraced my American side about like five or six years ago. So, yeah, feeling yeah. good about it. Nice. That's cool. What, is, what mm. does that mean that you embrace your American side? Can you tell me a little bit about what that what that's like? Yeah. Um, well, when we first moved back to the States from Thailand, um, well, I, I don't know if it's like this on for other TCKs, but at least in the area that I grew up in Thailand, it was kind of popular for MKs, whether they were Americans or not, to like, like make fun of Americans and to be like, ah, like we're not Americans. We're, I don't know who knows what we are. Yeah. Um, but to, 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 to like purposely say I'm separate from mm. the American person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kept on like holding on to that mm-hmm. until for a while, like I slowly kind of accepted it, stopped making fun of it as much, but just kept on feeling like I'm never going to fully claim myself as American because mm-hmm. just don't want it to be an American. Mm-hmm. And then I got to go back to Thailand um, after college and lived there for a year. And I realized that when I was in Thailand, I, I really wanted to, to share. I, I wanted the people I was with to come and visit me in America. Cause I wanted them to see my home. And I was proud of where I lived and where I came from and the food that I eat here. Um, not that I wasn't proud of Thailand. I love Thailand, yeah. but I started realizing, wait a minute, like this is, this is part of my identity and I want to share that with other people. Mm. So coming back to the States after that, I really felt like, okay, this is, this is my home now. And I'm an American and that's not something to be embarrassed about or hide. Like I can say it and it's not, a bad thing, I mm-hmm, guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. Uh, I wonder if sometimes having some distance from America isn't helpful in um, gaining mm-hmm. some appreciation for it. Like, uh, yeah. I think that uh, I think that that sounds like a pretty common experience to grow up saying, "Hey, I'm not fully American," you know, "I'm not fully whatever else either." Um, I'm a little bit of both. It's very like you know, <laughs> even though we di- we didn't know when we were kids, it's very much taking ownership of the TCK identity, right? Of being mm-hmm. that that third culture, that conglomeration of of uh, of cultures, of worlds, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I definitely had to. Like, I think it was the first time in my life where I had to explain my American culture and my American identity to other people when I was in Thailand, Mm -hmm. because I was one of the only Americans in my environment Mm. and people would ask questions or point out things. And I'd be like, oh yeah, I guess you don't have that here. You wouldn't be exposed that to that in your country. Um, it was a very international environment. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And are you talking about like when you were a kid was, it was the first time that you had explained your, (laughs) oh, sorry. No, when I went back, um, as an adult and I lived there for a year, um, I was surrounded by an international environment, but I was one of the only Americans. Okay. Yeah. That's having to like share about my culture, Mm -hmm. my American culture with other Mm -hmm. people, Mm -hmm. um, and really understanding like what makes me American. Cause I didn't really get that either. Yeah. Um, but explaining it to other people, it just, it's like processing like what makes me, me and what what aspects of myself are American and what aspects are not. Mm, interesting, yeah. 
So it sounds like it was kind of a combination of like being away from America and having some distance from it and being able to look back and be like, oh yeah, fall, like that's actually, you know, a beautiful season. And right. oh yeah, these are aspects of my culture that actually do like contribute to have a significant contribution to my um, identity or whatever. And um, yeah. getting that distance and really being able to take some, uh, take a, take a bird's eye view of yourself and your culture. It seems, sounds like that was pretty, um, pretty formative and getting appreciation for your American, your American side, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm. Um, I feel like maybe, uh, maybe that should be the big takeaway from this show. If you're a TCK struggling to fit into America, leave, <laughs> just leave <laughs> for a little Get bit. Get out of here. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. You can come no, back I do, later. I think that's a great experience, you know, for, for anyone. Like, even if you are an American, like, leave America mm. so that you can understand what makes you human versus what makes you American. Yes. Uh. Come on. If you're a TCK listening to this show, go ahead and introduce someone who's not a TCK just to listen to that last bit. If you have not yet left America, <laughs> please do so. Go somewhere that's very different from America. I'm not talking about mm. not talking about Canada. Canada's different, but not different enough. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So Harmony, what was it like moving back from uh from Thailand to America when you were a kid? Yeah. So like I said, I was eight um when we first moved back. And initially so it's kind of funny because like like I said, I had this you know, this cool way of thinking like other MKs that I knew, like, I'm not American. America's not cool. Yeah. But at the same time, I was really excited to move here, mm. um, especially for like the opportunity to not only see, but be able to ride a yellow school bus. Uh, that's you don't see that in Thailand, mm. at least not when I was growing up, mm -hmm. um, to be able to talk in English with anybody you wanted to was amazing. Uh, there, there was like so many things to look forward to and I loved it. Um, and even school, I loved school, but I think what was most challenging was that when we moved back, we were, we kind of had this impression that we were going to go back to Thailand after a while. Like this was going to be an extended home assignment, uh, like four years tops. We're going to be in the States because my mm -hmm. dad was taking on a different position. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go back to Thailand. Mm -hmm. um, so I always held on to this, like, this is an exciting adventure. We're going to be here in America. I'm going to do some American things. And then we're going to move back to Thailand, back home. Mm -hmm. um, but after a few years, I mean, even waiting for those four years to pass was very challenging because I just wanted to go home. And like, we just couldn't, like, we couldn't afford it. We were a family of six and it's just yeah. flights are so expensive. Yeah. And then once I realized, and once our family realized, um, no, we're actually going to stay here in the States and we're not going to continue serving in Thailand, um, again, because of my dad's position, um, that completely crushed me. Like I was, I didn't realize it at the time because I didn't have words for it, mm -hmm. uh, but I was definitely mourning the loss of my home. Yeah, right. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was, that was probably the the biggest challenge yeah. in that. Man, I, yeah, I, I hear you. Um, just, 
you know, when you come back to the States for a visit, like you were talking about how that feels exciting and you're excited to, you know, ride the school bus and have some different experiences that are unique to living in America. Treating that mm-hmm. as an adventure is so different from treating that as a transition. In an adventure, yeah. you can kind of ride the highs and maybe ignore the lows and just get to the end and then uh, reflect back on your time. But if it's a transition, you just handle that completely differently. And the funny thing is, like, the external circumstances of your journey were the same. You came back to America and the end. But your internal journey was different, right? Your perspective is what changed from being an adventure to being a transition. And oh, by the way, you already made that transition. So now you don't have time to process it like you would have if you'd known that was coming up. So that's, man, that's harmony. That's really hard. I think that'd be hard for anyone to go through, like moving away from home and then having to let it go after the fact. Mm. Yeah. And I think you put it in a great way, too, to say that it's an adventure versus a transition because you see... I mean, I can't say this for sure because I don't have stats on it, but like, it seems like younger kids have an easier time making those moves because they have a, they don't as easily understand concepts of time. Mm -hmm. Um, As an eight-year-old, I had no idea how long a year was versus four years. Like to me, all I knew is we were going to America, but we were going to come back. And I think I just kind of thought we were going to come back what felt like a lot sooner and realized like a year is actually a really long time. Yeah. So for like teenagers who are transitioning or just kids who understand that concept of time, for them to even have a home assignment for a year, if they understand that that's actually a transition versus just like a little adventure mm-hmm. and it would feel a lot more intense and a lot more difficult to, to handle, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And so Harmony, as you, you know, as you've had some time to reflect on your journey and your experience and process that, Um, what would you say has been the most helpful thing in dealing with, um, that transition, making, making the adjustment from living to, uh, sorry, from living in, um, Thailand to living in America? Mm, That's a great question. Yeah, it's, it's hard to answer that because my transition until I became fully transitioned into the U S it took such a long time. Um, mostly because I, I wasn't. I wasn't understanding uh, my emotions. I didn't know what was normal or not normal. Like I wasn't, I thought that something was wrong with me that it was taking me so long to let go of Thailand. Mm. Um, <laughs> what, what helped me transition was when I finally had like a little mental breakdown in college and I was finally forced to process the the loss that I had experienced when I was younger and to really consider, um, you know, does God actually know what I feel? Does he actually care about what I feel? And does he have a plan for me or was this whole moving around just a big mistake or just some negative thing that happened that, you know, that I just had to suffer through. Um, but God, God really spoke to me in a way that allowed me to realize that he was not only there, um, throughout my entire experience as a child and that he wasn't just there now, um, but that he was going to continue to be with me in the future and that he was going to use every one of my experiences as a kid 
to lead me to something really special, um, mm. which ends up being MK care. I love caring for MKs. Mm. Um, and I can understand certain aspects of their experiences because I've lived an MK life myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess, I guess it just helps knowing that my experiences, however positive or negative had a purpose. Mm. You know? Yeah. And what brought a, what brought about that um, that interaction that you had with God when you're in college? Yeah, it all kind of college. It was because I was finally out on my own. I could I felt like I I finally had room to to think for myself and not be embarrassed about what my parents might think. Not my my parents are fantastic. They they've always been there for me. They would would have been happy to hear anything I had to say as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Just like I wanted to be an individual and figure it out for myself, mm-hmm. um, which was a lot more painful. Um, but it came about in college because I was in a major music education that I didn't really feel fit me. Um, and I was becoming really stressed out about this. Like, what am I going to do with my life? I'm spending all this money on college. And, and then there's like this snowball that happens when one very negative thing happens. And then suddenly you think about every other negative thing that's ever happened to you. And it just like explodes. Yeah. Uh, and and part of those things it, it kept on going back and back and back and just like me being really angry and saying like but god i you know i asked that you would lead me to the right major and this is obviously not the right major and then you know all these other things happen in high school and then middle school and then elementary school and then finally landing in but when i was eight years old i cried in my bed praying that i would be able to go home and just see my house just once and you didn't answer that prayer. Would yeah. you even care about me? Mm. And I, I just kind of eventually gave it up and just said, but God, like, I don't, I don't want to live without you anyways. And I just need you to, to speak to me and let me know that you hear me and let me know that you care for me. And then a bunch of things started happening uh, throughout that year. And, and God started, um, answering prayer requests that Mm. I had even prayed when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of hard to explain, but I started seeing that God was very methodically answering all these prayers um, and even little prayers that was happening in the day. Like I would be sitting at in the cafeteria alone, just like feeling very depressed and being like, God, I just, I really need to talk to somebody right now. And at like 3 PM in the middle of the day, Um, When nobody's eating lunch, like one of my really good friends just walks in and sits with me and just starts talking with me. Mm. Um, So he started showing me that he was hearing me, that he cared about me. Um, And eventually I reached a point where I said, God, I I surrender Thailand to you. I know that you're a good God um, and I can trust you. And if I never go back to Thailand again, then I'm okay with that. And once I surrendered, God gave me the opportunity to go back to Thailand um, in a way that I never expected. Hmm. So, yeah. And did you get to see your home again? I did. Yeah. (laughs) It was kind of crazy because the the biggest thing was not that I, you know, by this time I was in college, so I had been away from Thailand for so long. And at that point, my concern was not really actually being back in Thailand. Mm -hmm. I, I just wanted the choice to be able to go back around. Cause as a kid, I didn't have that choice. Right. And God gave me the choice shortly after I prayed that prayer 
um, to go study abroad in Thailand and Bangkok, mm-hmm. uh, which is not where I grew up, but it was going back to Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually turned it down mm-hmm. uh, because I, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to be able to say no. And I didn't feel like it was the right thing. And I felt like I just needed to wait and realize like, okay, if I never go back to Thailand, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but then several years later, um, I was about to graduate from college after studying psychology and I knew that God was calling me to work in a, a boarding home because um, I had gone to boarding school in first grade and, and I wanted to be a dorm assistant. Um, mm-hmm. And I applied to our organizations that send me anywhere, you mm-hmm. know, wherever you need me. They said, we need you in Thailand. Um, I said, wow, that's great. Like I'll be there. And they said, not only that, but we would really like it if you would go three months in advance and study in this little town called Lopery, um, which was my hometown. That, that's Whoa. where I grew up and where I long to be more than anywhere else. Yeah. So turning down the study abroad in Bangkok, where I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to see as much of my hometown as, you know, as this opportunity. Right. It gave me the opportunity to actually go back and, and live in my hometown and see my old house and the park that I used to play in and the, 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 the outdoor food markets that we used to go to the zoo. I went to the zoo that I used to go to as a kid yeah. and even um, the same teachers who my parents had hired uh, Thai locals. Um, they were still there and suddenly they were teaching me English or sorry, teaching me Thai. Um, like they used to teach the, the missionaries that I knew growing up to mm-hmm. I. So it was a very That's meaningful so cool. experience. Yeah. Hashtag mind blown. That's such yeah. a cool story. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. You know, as you were talking earlier, uh, Harmony, just about um, your interaction with God, um, Psalm 23 came to mind, which in the ESV it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me mm-hmm. lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. And I was thinking that, you know, comfort looks like different things to different people, but sometimes, sometimes it's not knowing necessarily that like, it's not necessarily knowing that God has a, has a plan for your life necessarily. It's just knowing that God is with you in that valley, whatever that valley is for you. Right. And it sounds like you experienced that a little bit in that, like God started answering your prayers and really showing that he's interacting in your life and he knows you and he cares for you in a personal way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's true for everyone. Whether or not whether or not you receive it or want it, um, it's there for you. But um, yeah, it's just really cool to think about how how big of a difference it can make. Just to know that God, um, like Almighty Sovereign God, is uh, He is big and powerful and all this stuff and sovereign over your story. But He's also loving and personal and wants to be there in the valley with you, um, sharing sharing in the experience with you, um, and moving through those things with you. So that was yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. One. Part of the Bible that really stuck out to me throughout this entire journey of, um, you know, longing to go home and then finally having the opportunity to go home. Um, I had been reflecting on Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. You know, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans um, to give you a hope and a future, basically not to to do you harm. Um, and I had been reflecting on this verse for so long, and then finally, you know, God kind of nudged me a bit. And, was like, read, read the whole chapter, read the context. Um, and I was like, okay. But it was just talking about, 
you know, was it the Israelites who were exiled to Babylon? Yeah, right. They were exiled and, and like reading that, I was like, wait a minute, I wasn't exactly exiled, but in a way, like I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to go home. Like I, right. well, I wasn't able to go home, but I, I felt kind of like stuck like the Israelites did. Mm-hmm. Um, but then God was also saying, I want you to plant roots where you are. Like, I want you to, to build houses and live in them and plant fields and, and make mm. families and, and dwell right where you are, mm. which has really been affirming for me being here in the state um, at that time and just thinking, okay, I, I need to actually be present in the States because this is where God has placed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then even further in the verse, he gives us promise one day, you know, I'm going to return you to your land and you're going to be home again. Mm. Um, and that was just like another affirmation where, where God answered that um, very literally for me. And I feel so blessed that, that I could even consider that prophecy um, my own as well. I mean, it was meant for the Israelites, but I, I felt like, ah, this is kind of written for me as well. Yeah. Right. Um, where I got to return to my home in Thailand. But lately I've also been reflecting a lot on uh just a sense of belonging. Um, Jen Pollock Michelle wrote a book. Okay, I forget what it's called, but it's a fantastic book about how everybody is longing for home. And that's because mm-hmm. we don't actually belong here. Mm-hmm. We we belong with God. Like He's our home. So we can long as much as we want, but you know, even then, even on earth, we're we're not gonna feel at home because God is where we belong. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good word. And Harmony, uh, I just wanted to, if I can, I wanted to ask you another question. Um, is there anything in your TCK experience growing up overseas, coming back, that whole thing? Is there anything in that experience that you would change looking back? Yeah, I wish I had. I wish I had talked to my family more about what I was experiencing. Um, my parents and my siblings were all going through the same thing, but none of us were really being very vocal about it. So I, I definitely wish that I had, yeah, had talked more, and, and I wish that I had been a little more open to mm-hmm. America mm-hmm. when I came back here, a little less judgmental and critical. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah just ha- having having that added to the attitude of um, of being open to things, it just makes such a big difference, right? Just makes things so much easier. Like I said, the internal journey can be completely different from the external journey, and so. Yeah, definitely like being present in the moment is is huge and I think that's that needs to be its own episode one of these days like just being present in in the moment everywhere you are like you're talking about Jeremiah and Jeremiah 29 too like being present in that in 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 exile quote unquote if that's where you feel like you're at you know if you've lost your home being present there and uh, living the best life that you can in the place that you are in the moment that you are that's great and then harmony is there any advice that you would give to other TCK care people or TCK families, um, anybody in this experience, uh, what, what's one, one thing that you'd like them to take away from this, uh, from listening to this episode? I think what, what I'm really trying to do as a TCK care person, um, in this role is, is try to equip parents. I think what I really longed for as a TCK, uh, was consistency in relationships and I kept on looking for that in other people. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's wrong to pursue relationships that you desire to be long-term. 
or, you know, just consistent like that. But I think that we really need to build up parents to be that, that primary advocate for their kids mm. um, and really encourage them. So right. if we can build up parents to, you know, to be that main advocate for their MKs, then mm. we already have a huge advantage for that family. Right. So essentially like put the family first, um, support parents to be the primary, uh, primary TCK care people for their TCKs because they're, they're going to be the most consistent presence. They're going to have the biggest impact on their lives. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So like a couple of high points in wrapping up this episode, a couple of high points for me, like you just said, putting parents first, so important. Um, second for me, being present. There's this whole theoretical orientation to um, psychotherapy that's called acceptance commitment therapy. Um, accept, yeah. accept what's, and, you know, accept reality, commit to doing what you can, and then just live your life. And I love that. And I think that applies to uh, TCKs definitely. Accept where you're at, like Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, plant some fields, have a family, live your life where you're at, be present. Um, and then going back a little further in the conversation, leave America. <laughs> it's okay to leave America, plan a trip. It, it doesn't hurt to get away, especially if you've never left America yet. You need to leave mm. America at some point. Yeah, book your tickets, folks. Yep, <laughs> definitely. Um, if you need a, if you need some uh, destination ideas, uh, get in touch with <laughs> Harmony. She'll uh, she'll help you out. Sounds good. All right, Harmony, thank mm-hmm. you so much for taking time to come and share with your story with us. This has been uh, such a cool <laughs> conversation you. for me to have. So, yeah, pr- really appreciate that. You've been listening to TCK Care, the podcast with me, Stephen Black, as we share stories and strategies for supporting TCKs. Hosting and producing TCK Care, the podcast is a part of my ministry, which is made possible by the generous support of my financial partners. If you would like to make a one-time or recurring pledge, please go to tckcare.com slash give. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, rate it on your favorite podcast app, and stay tuned for more TCK Care coming up next week.